We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Evan Mobley. It's been a historical franchise in this league for years. We have a trade to announce. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Boy, we've got a ton of NBA trade rumors. The trade deadline. We're almost there coming up February 10th. We've got a lot to dive into. Everything is heating up which is the exact opposite of what the U.S. men's national team is going to be dealing with tonight when they take on Honduras. <laughs> it's two degrees where they're playing right now at about noon. Oh, I, I do not envy those guys who are going to be out there on the pitch in shorts and T-shirts. Yeah, at least it's hopefully much, much colder for Honduras yeah. than it is for the U.S., but it's not. once you get that cold, no one is comfortable, right? No one's like, oh, yeah, this feels great. Like, let's go. So, yeah, I'll, I'm with you on that one. Like, that's that's going to be miserable. And I, uh, you know, I, I would not want to be there watching that game in person either. Like, that's just not a fun experience because that's like kind of cold. Once you get that cold, that like takes like a day to then like shake it off and like feel warm again. So, yeah, good luck, USMNT. But let's see where it goes from there. I've seen the argument that they should be better than Honduras regardless of where they play. So why play it wow. in conditions like that? Um, Good point. And so, I, you know, I've seen that, but then the flip side is, do you try to make your opponent as, un, as uh, you know, uncomfortable as possible? We'll see, whatever, get the win and, and we'll be happy. But anyway, let's, let's talk some basketball. So yeah, let's do it. Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report dropped a huge article today with all kinds of trade news. And I guess the, the spot to start, is with Domitas Sabonis and now a connection to the Washington Wizards. The Wizards have been sliding in the standings. They've got a lot of incentive to be aggressive here at the trade deadline. They're a team that at one point was in the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and they've got to worry about keeping Bradley Beal happy. So out of all the suitors out there, Washington now potentially emerging as a landing spot for Sabonis. Keith, what do you think about that connection? Is that the right target for the Wizards? And what does a trade package look like on if we were to kind of put the pieces together to land Sabonis in Washington? 
Yeah, I mean, I love the the idea of them getting Sabonis. I think he's great. I mean, I'm a huge fan. It's, go look at his numbers uh, over the last month or so. It been he's been ridiculous. He's kind of just shy of what Jokic is doing, uh, which is you know MVP level crazy stuff. Now he's missed some time in there. He had a sprained ankle. Uh, he also missed a little bit of time with. Um, uh, being in the COVID protocols, but he has been very, very good. I apologize. Something stuck in my eye. Um, <laughs> it's shedding a tear over Devonis Sabonis, <laughs> uh, fellow Lithuanian like, like myself. Um, but anyway, it is, uh, I am, his game fits perfect in, in Washington, would be a great offensive partner for Beal. You'd need to build out your defense around those those two guys, but you know, you'd kind of general approach in the NBA is build out your offense and then get the defensive pieces to plug in alongside them later. Um, but it's that second part. What does a trade package look like? Uh, that's where it gets tough. Pacers want basically what the Bulls gave up for Nikola Vucevic. They want two first-round picks and a young player. Now those picks can have some protections on them, but they, that's what they want to get. So let's see if uh, you know, where that goes. And I think that's a fair asking price if I'm the Pacers. Sabonis is both better than Vucevic, and he's much younger than Vucevic as well. So that that seems to be the part that makes sense. So, you know, I just I struggle to get there because – are the Pacers going to want Dinwiddie? Are they going to want Kuzma? Are they going to want, uh, you know, the, the, any of the bigs, Trez. Bryant or Gafford or Montrezl Harrell? Yeah, that's that's where it gets tricky. I guess if you're the Pacers and your whole plan is, like, let's just be kind of good again for the playoffs, then, yeah, you know, maybe maybe you can get there and throw a whole bunch of guys at them and stuff and, and then some picks, and that's where it would go. What about What about a guy that you and I both liked a lot Years ago, back in Summer League, I remember vividly us sitting in Las Vegas and talking about Rui Hachimura. What kind of value does he have at this point? I know it's not what it once was, but could that be a player that might pique the interest of the Pacers? Yeah, I I think it's it, what becomes interesting is I don't yeah I don't know what to make of him anymore. It's like he's missed so much of this season due to to be kind of mysterious about what kept him out. Um, it's it's hard to get a real read because that front court is just so stupid packed with players. Like he can't he doesn't play enough when he has since he has been back. Like I, I just I I really struggle to see. Does he have that kind of value? I guess uh, I'm almost struggling to even put it in words because I just don't I don't know where 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 you get with him. I would push for Denny Avdia mm -hmm. if I could if yeah. I was the Pacers. If I was the Wizards, I would want to hold back. Right? We just said if you're going to have Sabonis and Beal as your centerpiece, you need to put defenders around them, and Avdia has proven to be at least a fairly solid defender. So hey, I, I just don't know that Hachimura does anything for me if I'm the, the Pacers because presumably I'd still have Miles Turner I'd, I'd have TJ Warren coming back next year like I just don't know that he's then the guy like do I feel great about that being the piece of my return I, I mean maybe if you if you look at it and you do your background and feel good about it then sure why not right as long as you're gonna get the two picks as well I was thinking of him more as maybe he's the piece that you add in from the wizard size side to push it into the end zone, right? As not, not like the centerpiece of the deal, but as something that you can add in in order to potentially get a deal done as a sweetener, that type of thing for him. But 
Um, be interesting to see what happens here. Now, Bradley Beal apparently is now more willing to consider potentially a trade from the Washington Wizards. Now, given the timing, you can certainly, mm-hmm. you know, surmise that that Beal, you know, this could just be <laughs> sure. putting a little bit more pressure on like, hey, guys, I might really ask for a trade. So you better get something done here. Um, this could just be Beal trying to put a little more pressure on the Wizards to make sure that they do get a deal done. Um, we, there's also a rumor out there that he mm-hmm. is planning on signing an extension with the Wizards this offseason. Um, so that's good news. I mean, look, the Wizards want to keep Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal wants to be in Washington. Bradley Beal just wants the Wizards to put together a winning team in order to do so. And that's it's on the Wizards front office to figure out a way to get that done. I think Sabonis would be a step in that direction. The question is, can they beat whatever else is out there on the on the trade market? That's something we have to remember. As frustrated as individual fans get, like with, hey, we should have traded for this guy. Well, yeah, but every other team in the NBA has an opportunity to bid for that player as well. And so the question is, exactly. is your trade package yep. enough? It's, is your trade package better than what else is out there? Yeah, and, and, and it becomes a point of, at some point, you have to just walk away. You can't you can't just continually say, I, I know people look at these things where, you know, well, if it keeps it keeps Beal around, then give up you know, three first-round picks for Sabonis, if that's what it takes to beat somebody else's offer. And at some point, you have to look at it and be like, man, that's six years out. Like, we don't even know, like... Like that's that could be beyond Beal's next contract, you know, if you go there. So that's that's where you just have to kind of keep that stuff in mind. Now, I, I do want to add, um, you know, Josh Robbins. Um, he's the beater for the Athletic, who covers the Wizards. Um, I know him from his time he covered the Orlando Magic for a long time. And David Aldridge kind of teamed up to look at where where things are at. One of the things is the Wizards, uh, he says, sources have heard no indication the Wizards Mm -hmm. are seriously considering trading Beal. Um, But there's less unanimity uh, on league sources about what Beal wants to do going forward. And basically they're saying kind of what you were hinting at is Beal is kind of on the fence more than he has been in the past. We go all the way back to this offseason, it was still... I want to be here. This is where I want to be. I don't want to go anywhere. Now it feels like, uh, and he did do an interview with NBC sports where he said another playing appearance. That's a step back. That's not where I want to be. So this is all kind of being like leading towards you got to do something or you need to start being prepared for Bradley Beal. Some finance with the wizards may be playing out right now. And as you said that somewhere, I don't know exactly where he is physically right now, but Daryl Morey just became like aware. He just, he just heard like, have you ever, did you ever watch Highlander? <laughs> How they could like sense when another one of the, one of them is near, like Daryl Morey just had one of those moments where like yep. a sixth sense just went off and he went, what? Bradley Beal is, is a... yes. <laughs> yeah, I would say a cold shiver ran down <laughs> his spine, but shiver. I think that would be a warm shiver. Um, anyway, like let's, it's, if Beal does hit the market, there's going to be no shortage of teams that are interested uh, but again, I think that the preference for all parties is going to be make the Wizards a contender right now and then Beal stays. He's happy. And I think the Wizards are I, I think the Wizards, they're going to do something. They're going to do something here at the trade deadline. If they didn't, it would be a surprise because they are one of the teams yep. that is most incentivized to get something done. Even beyond just the Beal related stuff, I mean, let's 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 look at it right now because I just I just looked at their game from yesterday and did their depth chart. 
Daniel Gafford's out of the rotation for now. Now, that's because they're kind of showcasing Thomas Bryant to show he's healthy and back and ready to go. But Davis Bertans has not been playing in the last few games. Um, and that's a lot of money sitting on your bench. So just just four, five, ju- just guys who play the four and the five. It's Bryant, Gafford, Harrell as all primarily fives, more than fours. Then you have Kuzma, uh, Hachimura, Bertans, and even to some extent, Denny Avdia as fours. That's just too many guys. You can't have that many guys. Even take Avdia out of that mix. You can't have six guys to play two positions in a league where you increasingly go small. Um, that's where, you know, something's going to happen there. We've got the Spencer Dinwiddie stuff that's floating around out there. I think now they may be outside of the teams like OKC, who's clearly going to take on some money. Um, they may be one of the teams I am more certain will make a trade than just about anybody uh, approaching the next uh, week and a half. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Let's move on from the Washington Wizards and let's talk a little Harrison Barnes, the player that we have agreed will fit just about anywhere. You can you can plug him into a lot of different places. He's almost like Jeremy Grant lights i don't know that his impact as a player is that much less but there's definitely less buzz around him. oh i think he's better yeah i mean in terms of shooting right i think he's better than jeremy Grant. he's a yeah i i think he's he's I, a little yeah. older he's a little older so maybe that's a little bit of a factor a but older. there's more buzz around jeremy grant certainly than than harrison barnes right now but sure. uh harrison barnes a primary target for the utah jazz but joe ingles injury might complicate things like now joe ingles is just He's just an expiring contract, zero production on the court. So that can certainly change the value of, of yep. a package from the Utah Jazz. But Harrison Barnes landing spot, ultimately, if the, if the Utah Jazz can get it done, I like that fit for them a lot. I think he makes a lot of sense. But then again, like I said, you can name just about any team out there that has any goal of you know making the playoffs. And I could say, yeah, he makes sense there. Yeah, absolutely. I I just wrote a piece for Celtics blog posted it right as we got started recording where I made a pitch that they should be going after Harrison Barnes because he he makes a ton of sense uh, for them. And in in yeah, you're right on the angles part now. He's looking about for a month or so. Ricky Rubio is now just a expiring salary match. Uh, that's where Joe Ingles is, unfortunately. And it, but let's be realistic. If you were the the Kings, Joe Ingles was only ever going to be an expiring salary match for you. He's he wasn't gonna. They weren't. And my guess is they would have bought him out and let him do what he would have done anyway. So yeah, it, it is very very interesting to see how the Kings approach this now. They don't seem to be setting all that high of an asking price on Harrison Barnes either. It seems to be a first round pick. Give us a young player and you know help us clean up our salary sheet a little bit. And if that's the case, if that's where they want to go, there should be 15 teams trying to in on Harrison Barnes. I just think, you know, super plug and play. But yeah, let's see, see where this one goes. Utah, as you said, perfect fit there. What I would do in that situation is move um, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich into the sixth man role that Ingles had and play him just like you played, played Ingles in that role. And then that gives you, you know, good offense, defense balance in your starting group and gives you Bogdanovich still going to get his 30 minutes a night, just going to get him slightly different. And that's a guy who could just destroy second Barnes units. to me is almost like at this, in this trade market is a more wing based version of John Collins in terms of a guy who, the rumors out there in terms of what the asking price is, it sounds so reasonable that it's hard to see him not moved. 
by the by the deadline because you'd have to think that some team will be willing to mm-hmm. give up what it would take to get that player. Now again, I'm not saying I'm, I think the Hawks should ask for more than what the rumors are for John Collins, and I think the Kings maybe should ask for more, but for Harrison Barnes. But if the asking price really is what we're hearing, I'd have to think teams would say, yeah, okay, we'll we'll do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I I would hope, right? If if it's that's all it takes, you 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 have to. You, you, there's no reason to to not do that because this is like, yeah, Jeremy Grant. They want all sorts of stuff for Jeremy Grant, and then you have to pay him 120 million dollars too because that's what he sounds like he's gonna demand, and he wants this super big role where Barnes is like, hey, get me on a contender, and I'll play whatever role you need me to play, and off we go. So yeah, I I would. For a multitude of reasons, I would much prefer going and trading for Harrison Barnes than Jeremy Grant, considering the salaries are just about equal uh, for this year and next. Like it just it you know it's 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 game fit role uh, and the contract going forward. Just give, give me Barnes over Grant. That's fair. Uh, the Cavs are as expected looking to trade Ricky Rubio's deal. Obviously Rubio will not play again this season, but expiring contract. And they're looking to use that on the trade market. And they are looking specifically for a perimeter player. Again, according to Jake Fisher, they are, have made calls on both Eric Gordon and Karis Levert, but they found the asking price too high in both cases. Uh, you've got in, the Houston Rockets case, they want a first and the Cavs are saying, well, we'll do two seconds. I think the Rockets are saying, no, we think we can get a first. And then in the Pacers case, the Pacers want more than a first and the Cavs are reportedly asking or offering two seconds. They don't want to part with that first round pick. This is this, this it's what happens this time of year though. Every team believes that every single one of their players yeah. is worth at least a first round pick. If not more, this guy, this guy's the 13th <laughs> player on my bench. Now he's worth a first, right? That's, that's the way you're at. And then as yeah. we get a little bit closer to the deadline, you know, teams budge a little bit towards each other. And then that's how a deal gets done. Yeah, exactly. And in both of these cases too, and I'll, I'll throw the Orlando magic in this group as well of they're looking for a first round pick for Terrence Ross and all this stuff. These are, yeah, I know Lavert and Gordon start and Ross comes off the bench, but for on a contender, those guys are probably bench players, um, all of them. But that's like saying, you know, hey, these are bench scorers on bad teams, which is a complete luxury. You don't need that on a bad team, right? That that's that's like having a really good closer on an awful baseball team. Like it just isn't something you you should be paying for. But you put the asking price there, knowing hey, we can take this all the way till two thirty on uh, next Thursday if we need to, and then say, all right, two seconds done, and off we go um, with that. But yeah, I mean, hold, hold, and ask. But I think the bigger thing is Cavs. They're they're going to come away from us with some form of a uh, uh, scoring option at the guard position for sure. I, I feel really confident on that. Also, how crazy is it that? The Rockets can say, I want a first round pick for Eric Gordon. And we're not like, are they insane? Like, been good. like, we're not even going there, right? We, I think we're both like, mm-hmm. that might be a little steep, but that's how good he's been this year. Like, that, that just seems bananas to me. Cause a year ago, I would have been like, yeah, right. A first round pick for Eric Gordon. Like, yeah, okay. Well, what first rounder are you no, if, also saying? If I'm the Rockets, trade? and again, you know, my big thing is that shooting percentages are not always a sticky stat season to season. I'm selling now on Eric Gordon right now because there's a decent chance that this is the peak. This is the highest his value is going to be. If that three-point percentage starts to drop down, if he's shooting 39% from three next year, it's not going to be the same. So I'm selling now if I'm the Rockets. And if I'm the Rockets, I'm also saying 
Look at what he's doing. This should be a first round pick. And I'm seeing if I can get that all the way up until the deadline. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and I and I will I again hold it till two thirty because you know you can get two seconds at any point. You know that that's you know that, that's easy. And his contract also isn't so big that it's like well we got to go get a third team because it's you know real messy on the side. Like it's not even like that. You know you might still have OKC sitting there with uh you know. 20 million in space offering to, you know, help facilitate at that point, that, which may mean those, those picks, you know, move one of those picks moves off to them. But, you know, that's, that, that's the major point is that mm-hmm. that'll still be sitting there very late, you know, and uh, leading off. All to right. The, the Raptors are looking to be buyers with Goran Dragic on the trade market. They want to use his contract and attach potentially a pick to it. And see if they can go get somebody. They apparently, again, according to Jake Fisher, were in negotiations to try to land Miles Turner from the Indiana Pacers before he was dealing with foot issues. So obviously that's a concern with the big man. And a guy you might know, Robert Williams, has been mentioned as a list as a guy that's on the list of the Raptors' big man targets. What do you think about that? Rather than trying to sell Dragic, you use him as a yeah. part of a package to absorb salary and go get somebody. Well, see, yeah, I thought you were going to say, what do you that. think about the Robert Williams part? Because I, yeah, I don't know if you could see me because I was making a very ugly face, um, <laughs> uglier than my face usually is. Um, the, the, the Celtics are not going to trade Robert Williams. They're certainly not going to trade him to watch the Raptors build a ridiculously long, quick, athletic defensive juggernaut around Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, and, and Robert Williams. Get out of here. This is mm-hmm. guaranteed this came from the Toronto side of we like Robert Williams. And this may be one where, hey, we like Robert Williams and the Celtics are like, cool, we like Scotty Barnes and OG Ananobi and your first round yeah. pick. What do you think? And they were like, all right, see you later. You know, enjoy you know, the rest of your day. Um, the Dragic part, that makes sense. Dragic alone at 19 million, no value there. Teams will just mm-hmm. say, forget it. I will wait for him to get bought out. There's no reason. Dragic is the salary match to get yourself a first round pick for a player. That's now value. That makes sense. You could see, you know, that being a way that goes. Um, totally makes sense why Toronto would want a big, right? Where they've been kind of, I don't even want to say getting by because they've been playing well with really Siakam playing a lot at the five, but I don't know how sustainable that is. And if you're talking about playing against Joel Embiid in the playoffs or something like that, you're not, it's just, that's not tenable. So that turns into, yeah, if you could go get a real big uh, for Dragic and a pick, mm-hmm. go go get it done if you're Toronto. I, they, they, I say it all the time. I could see them going a lot of different directions over the next week. I could also see them saying, eh, we'll just mostly sit this out and, you know, let's see what comes the, the rest of this year and into the summer. Um, but I do 100% believe Karin Dragic will be on a different team. Uh, what, today's the second, so slightly more than a week from now. Via if trade you are via a Mavs fan who has been heavily rumored to be the landing spot for Goran Dragic, if he does get bought out, um, you're hoping for one of two things. You're hoping for number one, no, no trade from the Raptors. And then he just gets bought out by Toronto or number two, a trade with a team that doesn't want him that trade that just sees him as an expiring contract. And then that team would buy him out. That's what you're looking for. If you are say a Dallas Mavericks fan or a fan of any team that is hope that would hope to go get him yep. on the buyout market. Now it's yeah. possible he gets traded to a team that wants to keep him. And then obviously that will have a domino effect on the buyout market, which we'll be talking about <laughs> in just a couple of weeks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, nope. yeah, no, we're not going to get too deep into the bio market yet. Let's get past the trade deadline first, and then, then we can start talking about a whole bunch of guys <laughs> that would get bought out and make a minimal impact on teams as they go forward uh, to the Robert playoffs. Robert Covington, <laughs> described as the most likely trailblazer to be dealt before the deadline. Not much momentum on a Yusuf Nurkic or Nurkic trade. Ben McLemore's name has come up, but obviously he's not going to carry a ton of value. Uh, Robert Covington being an interesting guy. It, this is another one where... Kind of like Harrison Barnes, kind of like Jeremy Grant. A lot of teams could talk themselves into, yeah, Robert Covington, we could plug him in, right, to to our system, to whatever that system is, and figure out a way to make it work. He's not going to carry a ton of value. It's not like he's setting the world on fire this season or anything. But skill set-wise, I think there's teams out there that are looking for what he does. So it's not a surprise to me at all that he's the guy that's the most likely to be, be traded. Yeah, I, it's it's what's tough for the Blazers is they don't have anything else to go to if they were to trade Nurkic um, unless they get a big back. Um, So that makes sense um, that Covington is there. Both expiring guys. I think you have to say, all right, what's the chances we're keeping these guys after this year? And what's the chances we're keeping them on decent value contracts? Because if you're giving them up for or giving them up or you're going to re-sign them to big money that is tough i mean i just went through it so this team already has uh just just the next uh couple years they already have over 400 million dollars almost 500 million dollars tied up in damian lillard cj mccollum and norman powell that's it those three guys over the next several seasons then you've got to resign anthony simons this offseason and that's going to be probably 15 million a year starting. So you can't tie up that kind of money in four guys who are guards and resign Nurkic and resign Covington. It just becomes too much. That's why I think they'll move Norman Powell. That's why I also think they're going to trade at least one, if not both of Nurkic or Covington. Nurkic makes a little more sense because if you can get them back on a similar ish deal, you know, 12 to 15 mm-hmm. million, ideally you'd front load that one, maybe start it at 15 and have it go down, uh, you know, a million or so annually, then you're in a pretty good, good place where that starts to make. All right. We'll sense. see what Portland winds up doing. They do take on my Lakers tonight. And so we'll get another look at, at them, but uh, Patrick Beverly, Kind of a big game, uh-huh. right, in the play-in. Uh, you know, the way, I mean, the standings are looking. It's, you know, it doesn't seem like it no. should be a big game for play-in it's purposes, a, but it kind of is. embarrassingly big game. 
I guess I should I should say yeah that's that, yeah. that's really <laughs> for, for both for teams. all parties involved yeah. it's like this is a big game that nobody wants to be a big game so it will oh yep. that but that's yeah. the season we've had but it yes. yeah, alas uh, here we are Patrick Beverly <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves are considering trading him before he hits free agency which you know makes sense to some degree they've had conversations as well uh regarding Malik sure. Beasley the Timberwolves are, have not been bad this season although Get ready to do, do your ugly face again, Keith. Marcus Smart has been mentioned as a target for Minnesota that would fill <laughs> Beverly's role. I don't know that Minnesota gets to to Marcus Smart. Uh, I don't know that there's a huge market out yeah. there for Patrick Beverly either, but just something to note that they are kind of poking around, seeing, seeing what they can find for players that might not be there long-term in, in Patrick Beverly. Yeah, I think Beverly, mm-hmm. it's similar to Covington and Nurkic, what we just talked about. It starts to look like, all right, what are we going to do with him this summer? Because if we're going to have to pay him a lot of money, now we're getting into a spot where we've got Russell and Towns on big contracts. Uh, Anthony Edwards, he's still got a couple more years on his rookie scale, but because he was the number one overall pick, that's not one of these $5 million steal of a rookie scale deals. Um, it's still a steal for how good he is, but it's still, it's not that big of a steal so that's where you start looking at that marcus smart and obviously make a ton of sense there he'd be great for them the problem is what can they send back to boston mm-hmm. that makes sense they don't i mean boston's not really probably gonna want patrick beverly because he's i think at this point yeah. worse than marcus smart and he is also needs paid and you just gave smart an extension so that one doesn't make a lot of sense and the malik beasley stuff uh, maybe ish and, uh, i don't know i don't know where that would go uh, either but i mean that's their their pieces along with tory and prince in his expiring contract minnesota could still get something done if they really wanted to here at the deadline because they, they've got interesting contracts that they could put together to go make something happen plus you would think they might be a little more open to trading a pick just because you're really trying to win now yeah, around I mean, if towns, you take a look at Russell the, the standings. They're a game and a half back of the Denver Nuggets right now to lock in a playoff spot and not be in the play in tournament. That's a lot of incentive right there. Just you know, the wolves are not a team that's had success in, in a long time Big time. to make the playoffs would be big for them. And so if yeah. there's the opportunity there to get a deal done that they think would help them jump up to that six seed or, or perhaps even, well, I mean, maybe they could get to the five seed. They're not that far off two games, three games away from it, but um, uh, maybe, but, they, if there's an opportunity to secure a playoff position right now, I would think that Minnesota is going to look very strongly at it. Yeah, I think more important for them, too, is getting that assured playoff spot is huge because I don't know that I want to have to be one or you know uh, mm-hmm. try to go through both the Clippers and the Lakers in the play-in tournament. That's just, you know, I mean, we know anything can happen in a one-game scenario, and that's just you're asking a lot, you know, for for this young Minnesota team. And then all of a sudden it could have been, man, we're right there for the playoffs, and now we're not even going at all. You know, we're, we're back in the lottery again and at the very end of the lottery with really poor, poor odds to move up. So that would maybe have me slightly more motivated to do something. It doesn't need to be a all in kind of trade of like, let's go, you know, throw everything we can at, you know, make, but if you could go get something that pluses up your rotation a little bit and maybe get you to chase down Denver or Dallas. Yeah. Your Boston Celtics are rumored to be looking for landing spots for Dennis Schroeder and Josh Richardson. I know. I'm shocked. It's like we've never said this before, but Dennis Schroeder could be on the move. (laughs) Um, 
by the Boston Celtics. A uh, framework, though, here. <laughs> uh, Schroeder to Chicago for Troy Brown Jr. and a second-round pick has circulated around the league. Uh, Jazz mentioned as a destination for Richardson. That makes sense. Like, if you're in on Harrison Barnes, it would make sense that you're also interested, perhaps, in, in Josh Richardson. Mm-hmm. What do you think about those those landing spots? Chicago for Schroeder with Troy Brown Jr. and then maybe working something with Utah for Josh Richardson. Yeah, the Utah one, I just don't know what comes back. I assume it's Joe Ingles as a salary match. But you got to give me something else. Josh Richardson plays a key role for this team, the salary matching this summer, if they want to go star hunting. So you need to give me something else back that you know makes uh, you know more sense there. Um, Schroeder, yeah, I mean, this is just, they're talking out any teams that need point guards, uh, with a week to go before the deadline. Hey, you need some bench scoring and or a point guard. You know, hey, what about Dennis Schroeder? You know, what do you think? Um, and that whole deal there is that gets them almost out of the luxury tax. Um, if you think Jalen Brown doesn't make it, but they're that's what that really is. That becomes a salary dump. Uh, Chicago puts Brown in because that becomes their salary matching. But yeah, that's that's where that one is going. And it's the same thing with the Cleveland rumors uh, where he would slide into the uh, to, to the newly created Ricky Rubio table player exception if that's where the uh, Cavs how they wanted to structure and if they wanted to throw back Kevin Pangos or something like that just to lower their tax bill or keep them out of the tax you could see this coming together but yeah I, I think I continue to believe again like I said with a couple other guys a week or so from now Dennis Schroeder will not Agreed. be on the this makes too much sense for them to move off of him. Uh, jumping over to my Lakers, yep. they're trying to find a home for a set for Ken B. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have laughed. It's what? just, I mean, okay. What? They're trying to <laughs> find ahead, a home for, for Ken Bazemore, but this is not a surprise. This is, they're just trying to open up a roster spot. Um, it's not like they are, are looking to get anything done here. It, don't assume that there would be anything coming back is what I'm trying to get to here. This would be just trying to open up a roster yeah. spot. So searching for a home for Kent Bazemore. Bazemore has played okay in some of the recent games that he's been plugged into. Um, but yeah, they, they'll try to find some place. It may cost less to find a home for Kent Bazemore than it costs for DeAndre Jordan. And so it makes sense that they would consider moving him. Sure. Uh, and they've also been listed as a suitor for Paul Millsap if he gets bought out. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Millsap turns 37 the day of the trade deadline and has not yeah. looked good. And the Lakers have already struck out on a lot of their older veterans. So I don't know about that. But again, it also mentions that Chicago seems to be the destination for Paul Millsap if he gets bought out, or at least there's some connections there. Uh, but in any event, mm-hmm. the Lakers trying to free up a roster spot in lieu of finding anything bigger, which is what we are probably projecting, that they're not going to be able to find a bigger trade moving off of one of the end of the bench guys in order to open up a roster spot is probably the move we see from them. Yep. Yep. Hello, Sam Presti. We, we, we got a trade. This could even be one where two becomes, uh, you know, it'll get reported as they're trading Wayne Ellington, Deandre Jordan, uh, probably not Ellington. I think he could still play a slight helpful role as a shooter, but Kemp Bazemore, DeAndre Jordan as one trade to the Thunder, but it really is two separate deals for like a pick each and a second round or not nothing, you know, major, but that's how you pay to get them. Uh, sent there and then the Thunder throw back some <laughs> top 55 protected second round or the rights to a or, player that nobody's heard of. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. Things. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So to some guy who will never come over. Um, and that's where, where you go and that's, you know, how they go. And then the Thunder will wave both of those guys and off, you know, they'll, they'll, 
finish wherever they finish. But yeah, I mean, that's, I think where we're headed with this. And, and we always say this, I, I know I poked fun at buyout season a couple minutes ago, but buyout season does matter a little bit more for the Lakers because guys are still going to look at it and say, it's still LeBron and AD and Russ, like could still, you know, figure it out and chase the title. And it's LA guys love living there. So, you know, and, Presumably there'd be minutes. I, I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know that Millsap's the the guy. You, you've already got other know. options. Markeith Morris, Markeith Morris, right? The the best buyout player ever <laughs> helped the Lakers out in the uh, the playoffs the other day <laughs> that they won it. PJ Brown would have a uh, say Celtics Perhaps. in 2008, but I can see why that's no, not as a- fond of memory for you. Not. So absolutely you went somewhere not. else. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to uh, oh the Pelicans. They've been linked to Eric Gordon. Interesting. Sure. Here's what gets me. Okay, they've been linked to Eric Gordon. They've been linked to CJ McCollum. Uh, now there's links to Harrison Barnes as well. It seems like the Pelicans are positioning themselves to be a buyer at the at the trade deadline. And it makes mm-hmm. sense if they're looking for long-term pieces, but I don't I don't know if I if I'm the Pelicans, if I want to do my shopping right now and then risk potentially changing my lottery because I don't think they're suddenly going to become a playoff team this year or anything like that. Who knows what the situation is going to be? Do we see Zion Mm -hmm. this year or not? What's going to happen there? If I'm the Pelicans, if there's an opportunity here that you can't pass up, maybe you swoop in on it, in on it. But otherwise I think I'd prefer to do my shopping in the off season and not risk worsening my lottery odds. Yeah, I agree with you. A guy like Covington sense to me because of the one-year nature of his contract, unless you're really certain you can get him at a pretty good deal coming back. But if you could get C.J. McCollum and you really believe like, hey, I think this is the guy to help lift us and put us where we want to be, well, then you also weaken Portland, who True. then you could – they're only two games behind the Blazers right now. So you chase them down, you get into the play-in, and then kind of take your chances from there. Um, but, yeah, if you're going to do anything, it's got to be – Gordon, because that's a couple more years. Be honest, one Barnes has another year left. That's why those ones make sense to me. Um, but there's a lot of buzz going around New Orleans right now. They're looking to do a lot of different stuff. So let's see what that that ultimately you know comes out to. But I they they're they're trying for sure to to do something to get involved here. Uh, you know, as they they, they I guess want to be in the play and you know, but you just gotta it's gotta be stuff that can Could help. They be season. talking themselves into. We make up this gap with Portland. We get the 10 spot and Zion comes back. And then oh, and then we're off and running and then we're making some noise in the playoffs. Might that be the ultimate goal for the Pelicans right now? You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
I mean, maybe that's, that's just putting too. an awful lot on Zion expecting, you know, I mean, we're, it's February 2nd. He hasn't played now and we're getting close to, well, I guess he played at the end of last year, but we're, we're getting, you know, close to a year of him being out. And that, that starts to really, to me says like, look, we get anything out of him the rest of the way. Great. You know, that's a bonus, but yeah, I mean, it, I think it's more about, we look like next year. We talk about it sometimes. The trade deadline's really getting a jump on free agency in the offseason, and that could be a way of, all right, let's see how McCollum looks alongside Brandon Ingram. Let's see what it looks like with Eric Gordon coming off our bench. Let's, you know, see what these lineup combinations look like. It seems like Josh Hart's the main guy that they're kind of dangling out there. That's because he's got that uh, very unique contract where he's non-guaranteed next year. Then non-guaranteed with a play option the year after that which is basically as close as we're getting to a major league baseball mutual option ever in the nba because he could opt in and then immediately be waived and would not cost anybody anything um but yeah it's 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 one of those i think you know if you're the pelicans you know just be be cautious don't go crazy right now because i'm not sure it's gonna have the payoff let's jump to phoenix and talk about the suns and i i I wholeheartedly agree that's why i didn't add much to that about the the pelicans 100 in agreement with what you said there um the phoenix suns still looking to move dario saric and they're looking to upgrade their wing depth now the suns are in a nice position right they've won 11 in a row they're at the top of the western conference they're playing better than any team in the nba Mm -hmm. right now so they're dealing from a position of strength in that they don't have to do anything they could just say we're good as is everything's great you don't have to make a move but if something exactly does fall in their laps they could make a move eric gordon again mentioned as a a possible target that wouldn't be a bad fit he's a one that's a destination where eric gordon being 33 doesn't matter as much because the suns have a chance to win it all right now and if you can go get him i think he would be a nice fit for them he could give them a little bit more firepower and he's the kind of guy who who knows in a the middle of a playoff series he could come in off the bench get hot from behind the arc and turn what might have been a loss otherwise into a win and so if i'm phoenix that's definitely worth taking a serious look at yeah and and again i'll be a broken record here but if you can do it for sarge which is a no production loss trade then, then you do it. And I, I wondered, you know, what else? Because that's not enough alone. So what else are they going to add to that? Uh, that's where Jalen Smith at $4.5 million and not being a part of the team's long-term future can really factor in because uh, you could toss him into a deal and really make that work. But, yeah, I mean, you look at that Suns team, there's just not a whole lot they need. It, it's just, you know, if I'm going to get something, it's because that guy is a clear upgrade over somebody else I already have. Uh, and Eric Gordon, in, in my opinion, would be a clear upgrade over Landry Shamit as kind of your bench scoring guard. So go get it done. Great if you can, especially without giving a uh, rotation player. And then, you know, figure out the rest later. They're, they're in a position where that's that's it. And really, that too um, gets a little funny because then if you, you're not as clear a couple years now when it'd be kind of Booker, Bridges, and Aiton on your books, because if you win the championship, Gordon's contract becomes fully guaranteed. Um, so, yeah, let's see where that goes. But, I mean, you're in a pretty good place if you're the Suns, because if you win a championship, you, know, you don't really care too much about paying Eric Gordon $20 exactly. million. Two exactly. Years that's, that's something you're not going to worry about if you're winning a championship in Phoenix, which would be incredible for that franchise. Um, New York, this is nothing yep. new here, but now that they've got Cam Reddish, they're looking to free up playing time for him. And Nerlens Noel, Evan Fournier, Never Google, Alec Burks, and Kemba Walker are all available. <laughs> 
Have you ever Googled? Years ago, once, when that never Google thing first went around. And then I totally got yeah. it. I went, that's I why. I did too. That's why. Yep. You never do it. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. Yeah. I say, nope. don't do it. It's, it's, it's not worth it if you're listening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, these guys in trade, we, we heard this the other day. This was famously where uh, <laughs> Bobby Marks made Zach Glow pause on his own podcast of like, whoa, when he mentioned, you mm-hmm. know, throwing uh, three of those guys at the Lakers for Rom. I mean, I suppose that's probably still there if they really wanted to do that. Um, I don't think that'll happen. I think the more likely one would have been John Wall, considering he's a Kentucky mm-hmm. guy and the next fondness for Kentucky players. But uh, yeah, I mean, my guess is this is more of a, hey, just yeah. this is out there. If anybody's interested, you know, give us a call. And, you know, maybe somebody loses a wing in the next few days and it's like, yeah, you know, Fournier looks okay, or Alec Burks looks all right. Probably Burks more, just a much easier, um, easily moved contract. But yeah, if you're kind of sitting there, you know, why not? You know, you know, kind of make it happen. But yeah, let's let's. My guess is they're probably next look roughly the and same. And lastly, Memphis not expected to do anything significant, which isn't a surprise. This is a team that probably just needs seasoning, right? They've already been great so far this season, surpassed expectations. You don't want to do anything to mess that up, to mess up what you what you've got going. If you can make mm-hmm. uh, a very deliberate move that adds in something that you think is the perfect fit, then okay. But otherwise, you've got to feel good about the tra- the trajectory that you're on right now as is. But it is noted that other teams uh, are likely to call on Jarrett Culver to see if he's somebody who is available. You know, hold on, let's get Jake Fisher's phrasing correctly here. Rival former teams may call pick. on yep. lottery pick Jared Culver. Yeah, former lottery pick, and the may call. So this says to me somebody, whether it was Jared Culver's mm-hmm. team uh, or it was the Grizzlies, was like, "Hey, people might call about Jared Culver. Like, if you, you get those offers in now, you know, some somebody <laughs> might call." And I'm and I'm sure I'm sure Memphis is sitting there going, "Anyone? Anyone? Bueller?" Bueller, like, you know, for the younger audience, it's that's a the first movie. Bueller reference. Go watch the movie. It's great. Um, oh, great movie. Um, but yeah, I no one's trading for Jared. Get out of here. This is nonsense of the highest degree. Like, and I'm not picking on Jake at all. Like his reporting, which was the basis of our entire show today, is phenomenal. And he's been knocking it out of the park since last offseason. But like this was a, you know, hey Jake, mm-hmm. you know, guys might be interested in Jared Culver. And then all right, let's throw it in at the end of this piece. But yeah, may call, sure. This yeah. isn't even a our showing interest in. Like that, that's a, you know, then it would have been like, really? it's all right. Who? So sometimes yeah. favors have to get done. Right. And that, that could be what's going on today. And it's good. Sure. Well, yeah. we always say read between the lines, try to think about who benefits, where it could be coming from. This is just a great example of, of that, putting it out there. Like, Hey, just so everybody knows somebody could call here. So if you have any interest, you better pick up that phone because somebody else could call us. They could, it could happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could. Yeah. So if you want Jared Culver, you better start ringing up the Memphis area yes, code real quick. Yes, indeed. All right, Keith, <laughs> we got through a lot. <laughs> that, was a, that was a lot. Um, and I expect yeah. there to be a lot more a as lot. we get closer to that February 10th trade deadline. Gosh, we are almost there. I hope we get an active trade deadline. We'll see. But um, I would fully expect the rumors to continue flying as we get closer and closer. When's the earliest that you think we'll actually see a deal? 
we could I, I would think within the next few days we could see somebody actually pull the trigger on something not everything happens on deadline day <laughs> i just got a tweet <laughs> notification and is i was like now? oh my god is it right now that would have been so mm. perfect it unfortunately is not uh josh oh, giddy okay. and kate cunningham rookie of the month though good for them um uh yeah maybe this weekend like uh, you know we're then by then we'll be in deadline week uh, cause we'll be a week, week out. That's generally when stuff that has been kind of close teams start to get a sense of, or right, we may not have better. Um, let's move on this rather than taking it all the way down to the deadline. Cause then there is a thought around the league of, you know, Hey, if I can make the deal now, let's make it now. And then I get a couple extra days of benefit of having these guys that can get a few games in before the all-star break. And, and you know, we, we kind of go from there. So let me, mute that because now everybody's gonna <laughs> same rookie of the month so um but yeah it's uh that that would be my guess you mm -hmm. know somewhere mm -hmm. we're in, in that range all right that wraps it up for today appreciate everybody for joining us make sure you do subscribe to the nba front office youtube channel turn on those notifications and follow us over on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever it is that you listen to podcasts till next time everybody see ya and stay safe Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.